Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired radio show. My name is Amanda, and I am your host. I feel a little sultry, sexy, and husky today as I am uh, healing myself, as my body has encountered something that it doesn't want in it. And so my body's going through the healing process, and along with that, I get a lower voice, and uh, I might need to drink a little more water during the episode today. But I am so excited to be here with you all in this space again. It's been many weeks since I've done an episode like this where I've had a guest on the show. And it couldn't be better that the guest I have today is also a new author. And having had just gone through and read my book aloud on the show, I'm so excited to have her on the show today. She and I have had one other chance to meet and talk and and deepen in together. And I really, really appreciate what she has to bring to the table. I, um, I think her book is incredible. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I highly recommend anyone listening to check it out. It's really a beautiful story, um, really well written. And I just know you are going to receive so much from our conversation today, as well as from the book itself, should you check it out. So my guest today is Meredith Rahm. She is a yoga teacher, author, coach, and host of the Rising Women Leaders podcast. Her mission is to support women to create a foundation of love within and for themselves, to live beyond their fears, and truly share their greatest gifts with the world. After graduating from NYU, she followed her intuition to Northern California, where she now teaches yoga and mentors women to rise in courage self-love, and feminine leadership. She recently finished writing her first book, Just Be, A Search for Self-Love in India. Find her at MeredithRom.com and on Instagram at MeredithRom. And I will have all of that in the show notes. And uh, Meredith, thank you for joining me. And as I'm saying your name, I'm saying to myself, am I pronouncing it correctly? So <laughs> please tell me if I didn't. <laughs> You are, and thank you so much for having me here today, Amanda. You're so welcome. It's such a pleasure to share space with you again. So as I said, I, I've um, really been enjoying your book, and that's going to be the theme. You, there's so much that you you stand for and that you represent, including how we balance the feminine with the masculine, and of course, your your women, uh, rising women leaders podcast and this rise of the feminine is, is really important and crucial to your work. And I love how you look at this being a balance and that as we nurture and cultivate that feminine, that asks us to just be and to receive and to feel and to surrender. So all of these concepts that I believe your book addresses, and of course, this idea of just being. And of course, I really love that word be and, um, and all that it encompasses. So that's what we're going to be exploring today. And I'd like to open with a quote. I always open these um, discussions, these inspiring conversations with a quote. And given you are now a published author, I would love to quote your from your book. I chose a quote from your book. And so as I read it, I ask that you or our listeners, if you can, you know, close your eyes, allow the words to fully receive the words and, and then feel what 
impact they have. What does it bring up in you? What does it stir in you? And again, we'll just use that as a launch pad to, to uncover what needs to be uncovered in this conversation. The quote that I chose, it really, it really stood out to me. As soon as I read it, I said, oh yeah, I need, like, needed to like underline it, highlight it, star it, is this. To be able to be present with all that arises and then to meet each situation with a smile, with love and compassion. That was what I wanted to be able to do. And Meredith, as you hear your own words recited to you, I'm, I'm curious what that brings up for you now. This is something that you wrote a while ago. It comes from a story that happened many, many years ago. But as I read that quote, to be able to be present with what is and then how to greet that and be with that, um, what does that bring up for you right now? Yeah, it just it just makes me remember that life is so much about how we respond. And, you know, we're so conditioned, I think, to this to have reactivity, you know, when something goes wrong, or we get upset, or we're angry, or we're feeling difficulty in our bodies, we just we want to react or get rid of it or um, somehow suppress it. But really, like, what I'm learning, and with this idea of the feminine, how can we respond to life and to know that life is always happening for us, not to us. And we have just everything that comes our way is actually an opportunity, especially those challenges and those growth edges, because you know, the, our pain and our difficulty is actually asking us to grow and to come back to our essence and to ask for help and to connect with spirit and God and to just really see what we're here for and what we need to learn and grow for our soul's evolution. I love that. And I know that's a, as early on, especially as you're sharing in your story about the pain you've experienced or had experienced in your life and some of the learnings you had around that. And I love that that's what this brings up for you is again, remembering that it's through those opportunities of pain or discomfort or our growth edges is where we expand and where we learn and I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I know this is a major theme for, for me as well as I've been on this journey that whatever we call enlightenment, whatever we call, you know, spiritual awakening or what have you, I feel like it is so easy to get caught up in the, I believe, um, misnomer or the illusion that we are to rid ourselves of pain that we are to, you know, to have this existence, we are, or that once we become enlightened, once we achieve, quote unquote, some spiritual level, then we will be free of pain and suffering. Though I think pain and suffering are two different things. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I do believe we have a tendency in our culture, in our society, to look to spirituality, to look to these things, yoga, um, whatever it is, meditation, so that we don't have to feel pain. What are your thoughts on that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so much more about learning how to be with it. And that's a lot of what the book is about, just be. How can I hold myself through those challenges? And I think a lot of us have this idea that one day I'm going to get to this point where there's no more pain, or there's no more, where everything's just easy. There's no more fear. There's no more of that suffering. And the idea is that like, yeah, the, the life gets hard for everyone. There are challenging moments that come up. And so how can we respond to that in a new way? And I think as we evolve, it does actually get easier in the way that we learn how to be with it and breathe through it and allow it to move through us and um something i've been doing lately is just even just asking for you know higher support from the universe of like can you help me here and uh that's so humbling to just know that like yes i can be with this just as it is and acceptance is really like accepting and surrendering it's noticing how things are and I had this beautiful moment just yesterday. My mind was, you know, going into like all the ways it wanted life to be different, <laughs> all the ways that, you know, just what was happening in this moment just wasn't right. <laughs> and I had this really moment of surrender. I'm, I'm co-leading this mindfulness program right now. And um, I had this moment of like, who am I to say that? what spirit has brought to me for my life right now and how it is in this moment is wrong you know who am i to say that and how that this divine plan of what is happening right now is wrong and actually what if i just open up to embrace everything as it is right now and to trust really deeply this is exactly where i'm supposed to be and when we have that surrender it's so much easier to live through life and to find that gratitude and to see the magic and the the moments of, wow, okay, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, and when we're let go of this idea of always needing to change or fix things, like there's such a receptive energy that we can move into life with. And there's just, there is that grace. There is that co-collaboration with the universe of not needing everything to be different right away you know we can have desires we can have intentions we can have goals things that we're working towards but kind of release our attachment and our grip on them and just see that wow maybe there is something greater here that I am not even seeing yet you know can I open the trust that that this unknown of what is happening every moment Oh my goodness, so many things are coming up for me right now. It's so beautiful. And okay, so you're talking right now about literally the exact thing I was sharing with a friend this morning. And I'm not surprised because that is how things happen, which Mm -hmm. is why we can trust. This is why we can trust the the unfolding of life. Because just this morning, I was sitting with a friend and I was saying, you know, I noticed this inner tension and it's, I've been noticing it for a couple of years now, or I allow it to feel like tension. I really don't think it is, but I see it as like a conflict and it is what you just talked about, which is I look at it as if they are two separate things. One is I set my intentions. I have desires. I have a clear vision 
of what it is that I want in my life. And a lot of times I see that then executed in terms of manifestation and being really clear and knowing where you're going and, 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 and laying that out so that it can come into your life. And I also have this, like on the other side, it seems, this really clear understanding about the power of surrender. Um, I read The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. Are you familiar with that book? I'm not. Yeah, that okay. sounds wonderful. <laughs> same, same idea of what you're saying, right? It, it was just his personal journey and of how he allowed everything to unfold. He, he was open. He was receptive. He was surrendering. He was accepting. He got out of the way. And so for me, at times, those two things can feel opposing. Because on the one hand, I'm like, well, if I need the vision, I have the vision, the desire, I know where I need to go. But then I'm to surrender to just how it happens, right? There, there seems to be a conflict at times. And I notice in my life right now, I'm experiencing that. So thank you for bringing this up and share with us. And I realize the listeners don't know your story like I do, because I've been reading your book. And so, you know, if you use your story, or I'll ask you later more about it, but this idea of how do we hold these two ideas simultaneously? And I know you started to go there, but if you could take us a little further, how do you hold the vision? Like I think about even from your story, wanting to go to India, wanting to do these things. You know, there was moving to San Francisco and releasing the need to think we are in control of that and how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's good to honor that we have desires. It's good to honor that we have intentions. And I'm a very visionary, visual person. And I've totally made all the vision boards and have these great dreams. And it, and actually, so much of it has manifested in my life, which is amazing. But um this comes back to the masculine feminine a little bit. And I think a lot of what I'm shifting now into is this more idea of the surrender. And this doesn't need to be hard. And there have been a lot of times in my life when I've done the pushing and the forcing and being like, well, this is my goal and I need to make it happen. And what that does when you have that kind of attachment and grasping, it makes the whole process just feel kind of icky <laughs> but it's like the attachment releasing of that if we can really come into that state of surrender and being like this is where I'm going I can trust that um, I'm going to be brought exactly what I need and I'm going to take steps forward and I'm going to respond to life along the way and I'm just going to be open to this like great unknown I don't know it's it's just that idea of like, as long as we can have those desires, but be willing to release the attachments, release the idea of what the outcome needs to look like, you know, that's when we really have the true joy and the magic and allowing of what wants to unfold. Um, and I'd be happy to share more about my story, just thinking back on um, so it's, it's now it's been seven years, you know, thinking back to when the beginning of the book took place, you know, I, I lead people through just a little bit of what my life looked like. And I was living in New York City. I was 
very much in this model of achieving, doing, um, making things happen, attending a, a very good college, university, and and staying up late in the library, going to the coffee, going, um, being on the computer. And I started having a physical pain come up in my body. There was actually a lot of what I didn't know it at the time, but a lot of stuck energy and emotions that weren't being expressed. Um, a lot of, th of that stuckness. And it was coming up and manifesting in my body as headaches, jaw tension, physical pain, chronic pain. Um, I started going to doctors like what? what's going on? Is this something I should be really worried about? I got an MRI and all these tests and everything was coming back normal. And the doctors just kind of looked at me like, well, we don't know, you know, why don't we try uh, some muscle relaxants? Or why don't we try maybe antidepressants will help? And, you know, I tried some of those things and quickly saw that numbing out my pain and my feelings was not actually the root to um, what I really needed to do, which was something deeper, something that was going on in my life that I needed to address and change and make shifts. Um, so I tell that in the book and, and of my story, really the moment where I allowed myself to just be and experience this idea of the sacred feminine, welcoming that into my life was in a yoga practice. And in the yoga practice, I was lying in pigeon pose and just hearing the teacher say, you know, let yourself feel what you feel there. And can you hold yourself in that? And can you go a little deeper into it? And can you breathe into that? And up until that point, like I was holding so much in my hip and I finally let myself just go there and feel it. And all the, the weight of my emotions in this breakup I had just gone through and the insecurities I was feeling about my skin breaking out and not feeling comfortable expressing myself in class and in speaking my truth and all of that pain of of feeling like that was being held in my body and I began to really feel it and I can just think if people in the world you know there's so many people out there who are using like going to the prescription drugs or to alcohol or to sugar or things that I was doing because we are afraid of feeling, of really feeling what is there. And of course, sometimes we need those things to get from point A to point B, but, but really when we look at the root of the problem, you know, what is really going on here? And what I discovered, it wasn't until I went really deep, like into my feeling, into my body, showing up at the yoga practice again and again and again and uncovering more and more. Um, that was when I began to really tap into my own visions and intuition and internal guidance and just having even the ideas and the dreams that there could be new possibilities here. And so I had these ideas of, wow, what would it be like to live in California? What would it be like to go to India? What would it be like to completely change the direction of my life? And that felt exciting and, of course, kind of scary. But it wasn't like I was like, okay, I have this idea. I need to make it happen. And X, Y, and Z needs to be put in place. It was just like this innocent curiosity. 
And from that place, I began to tell a few friends, like, what if, you know, what if I just moved to San Francisco for the summer? What would that be like? I had never even been to the city at that point. And I was lucky to have some encouraging people around me, um, my mom, my friends, and and they were like, okay, like, let's, you know, let, this is something in you is, is really desiring this. What if you let it, explored it? And, uh, and I did, I took a visit and I found a sublet. And from there, I just booked a one-way flight. Okay, I'm going to do this. And I think it can always help taking those baby steps, but yeah, a few, you know, just ideas here for people to really integrate, like, what is my body telling me right now? What, what wisdom could I learn from my body, what I'm experiencing physically or emotionally? And then if I really let myself feel it and be with it and hold it, and love myself with that kind of compassion, you know, what greater visions can unfold from that place? And then to actually take those steps forward, but not attaching and grasping on, but just like, how can I breathe a little deeper and open to the spaciousness of what wants to be unfolded here and what wants to be shown to me? And that wonder is what will lead us into just those divine moments and opportunities where we are met with exactly the people we need to meet, exactly the lessons we need to learn. And that is what the book is about. You know, just a few months after being in California, I, I decided to go to India after meeting this guru, Ama, um, a woman who travels around the world giving people hugs. And uh, I just knew like this is something I want to go deeper and explore. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. And again, I'm thinking of oh, so many juicy things you're saying. One is that I love how we are being reminded, you're reminding us that it is only when we feel it we get into it and from that space are we then open to what we desire what do we want you know can i even dream a little because until we go there we're i think kind of stuck in this place of fear and i know as you're talking about it you know you even said this and i've certainly experienced this myself which is well i don't want to look at it because oh my gosh what am i going to find it's going to be so horrific it's going to be so ugly and i think many of us run away from that and we to your point use the drugs and the alcohol and the other obsessions or addictions to distract ourselves i even love how you say in your book we all get busy with our commitments to distract ourselves we work to pay the bills, so we have to work so that we have to, you know, so that we don't have to feel or be with our thoughts. And so I think, first of all, it's what you're sharing with us is so important that we need to be, have the courage, and you talk about this in your, what you stand for, the courage to look at those things, to be with our feelings, to be with the pain, knowing that it really isn't going to i mean it might hurt and and stuff might come up but what we find on the other side is so worth it and then from that place is where we can start to dream and envision i know for a long time it was really hard for me to know what i wanted and what i desired and i think it's because i was stuck and i was still stuck in the fear so i love that you offered that and then from whence we have the visions and the desires and we start to get curious and start to be in wonder of well, what about this? Then 
without all that fear that we've been trying to push away, we can, we can be with it and we can kind of, without attachment, be guided. And the other thing that came up as you were talking is it feels like, and I'm, I'm curious if this is also true for you, that sometimes we either, um, between the balance of, you know, kind of over efforting, right, where you might consider that the uber masculine of, um, I just, I've got my goal and I got to make it happen. I got to make it happen. Right. And so I'm going to like, kill myself to do it. And that's kind of the energy you felt you were in in New York, if I understand you correctly. And then I feel there's also the other extreme where we, we just let whatever happens, happens. And yet we have no vision, we have no direction, right? So we're kind of in, in the opposite extreme where, and like I said, this is coming up for me right now, which is, am I um, just, I'm noticing that, right? Where we can maybe be there sometimes. Um, and so maybe using your, your experience, um, did you either ex have that where at times you felt like, wow, now I'm a little much, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too much in the surrender or can you, can you appreciate what that might be like and what someone might do if they find themselves there? Right. So we kind of have the two extremes and where do we find that balance? Yeah. Yeah, I think the structure is definitely important. And there are so many gifts in that. Um, just earlier today, I was on a client call with someone, we we're talking about this. And she's just like really wanting routine. And she's like, I feel like the next step I need, like, I've been in this expansive open space for so long and I just really need routine in order to like take my next steps forward and that was what we worked on um, so it is definitely important we need to have some kind of um, something to fall into in a way where we can like have the openness and the freedom um, within this idea of structure and movement forward um, and I'm just thinking back to you know, when I came back from my travels and I felt a little bit that way, like, whoa, there's just so many possibilities. What do I even do with myself? And just kind of in that total expansive state, um, it can it can really help just to choose something and to just take steps forward and to know that you're, you know, to start to have a little bit of that support or accountability, you know, even working with a coach, something like that. Um, so for example, this actually relates to writing the book. So when I first started writing the book, I had this dream and this vision of writing this book. I actually had a friend in India hand me a notebook and say, uh, Meredith, you're going to write a book one day, and I got this for you to start. And the idea at that time felt overwhelming and impossible, and how do I even do this? But it planted a seed in me, and I was like, how do you know this? What What is this about? He's just like, oh, sometimes I can prophesize these things. And I just thought that was so funny, like what? I had no idea at that point what I would write a book about, and it stayed with me for years. And um, I came back from my travels and I was like, I really want to write about these different spiritual teachers and gurus and uh, sages and experiences I had. It's almost like there was too much magic and synchronicity and lessons, deep lessons that I wanted to put pen to paper and write them down. So I, I decided to actually um, 
I was like, I'm going to take a whole month off and I'm going to just like quit my job and move, go to my family's cabin on the lake in Northern Minnesota, where we have, um, my family has some land and I just like let everything else go. I'm like, I'm going to write this book. And what I found was I could only write for like maybe one to three, sometimes four hours in a day. And then I would just be like, I, it was too much. Like I couldn't just focus on the book the whole time. And then I would be in this like really structureless um, experience. And then I'd start feeling guilty about like not doing enough and um, would just go into this cycle of like, how do I even make this book happen? So really what happened for me with writing the book, it wasn't until I came back, I was back in California living my life. Um, and I was figuring out, you know, where do I want to live? What kind of work do I want to do? Getting my root chakra, like all the foundational items in place. And after a couple of years, I had just put the book on a, on a shelf and was just like letting it gather dust on the computer. Um, but then I had a dream one night and in the dream, I opened a drawer and in the drawer, there was a book that a woman wrote and I was flipping through the pages and seeing like these stories and the cover and these just designs and this, it was coming to life in my hands. And I thought this was the book I was supposed to write and I haven't done it yet. <sighs> and I woke chills everywhere. Keep going. Oh my goodness. I woke up the next day and just thought, oh my God, like this idea keeps coming to me. I need to do this. I need to honor this divinely guided idea. And it was just so clear. All the chapters for me in that moment of just like the chapters are each begin with a mantra. You learn the mantra through the story. Um, I didn't have an exact idea of what stories would be included, but it was just starting to crystallize in my mind. So the next morning, I set a really clear intention. I sat at my altar. I said prayers. I said, okay, universe, I don't know how. I don't even know the first place to start with writing a book. I have a few stories scattered about, but please help me and please show me the way. Like I am willing to show up and be committed and spend that time in front of the computer. Please help me have some direction here. Um, and it was within about two months, I think, you know, about a month, maybe a month and a half, I met a woman who had just finished writing her book. And I was like, how did you do this? Because I was trying to do hour in the morning and it was feeling really difficult. And she was like, I hired a writing coach. I hired someone to be my editor, to hold me accountable. I have to send her 5,000 words every two weeks. And over, you know, X amount of time, we have completed the manuscript. And I was just like, oh my God, of course. I was a coach myself at that point. And I was like, of course, having structure, accountability, guidance, support, having that help. And uh, I connected with the woman that she was working with. And she had a little team of people and connected me with a woman that ended up being my editor and we got started together. I just knew I was ready to have that. And it helped so much having that little bit of support. And what I found was 
I could live my life while writing the book. Like I didn't stop seeing coaching clients. I didn't stop teaching yoga. I didn't stop my life. I would just every two weeks, you know, really clear my schedule for a whole day or uh, an afternoon and just say, okay, this is my time to write. And I would just let it move through me. And I loved having that time with someone else on the phone who had just read my writing and we would talk it out and I'd brainstorm ideas with her. And it was just like that, that was, I feel like the only way I could have really done it, having, putting that structure in place. That's amazing. And just, again, so demonstrative of how it is around the balance that you had this, you had the vision I mean, there was that, like, you knew, you knew where you were going. And, and there were times where you tried to force it. Like, let me just up and quit, go to the cabin, you know, and hear not, and not that that doesn't work for some people that could totally be the structure that someone needs, but for you, it wasn't. And so you continue to let yourself then trust or, you know, surrender to what came up, what came up. And, and as you got the inspiration, which I do think happens for us when we start to, again, allow ourselves to move through our pain, move through our, you know, allow ourselves to be a little more of an open channel. So we aren't holding onto that stuck energy that's blocking us from receiving these inspirations. You knew that was your indication to take the next step. And then you set the intention. You didn't go out and like, get on Google for maybe you did, but I didn't hear you say that you got on Google for 10 hours, like searching for the next thing, right? You just said, I really need guidance. I need help. And you were led to the person who would offer it to you. And I think the other thing that came out so strongly in what you shared and this, I know you also talk about this in your book. It's the idea that we, it's, it's releasing the ego. It's, it's letting the ego fall aside. Like, I love your story about cutting your hair. And then you also talk about what a guru is and like how the guru isn't the one to enlighten us, but rather by allowing ourselves to follow this person or see this person as, you know, this certain um, leader of sorts, it means it asks us to set our ego aside. And I hear you doing that too. And it's such a good reminder for me, like how often I forget to just stop and pause and say, let me ask for help. And, and that help doesn't have to be outside, like going somewhere. It can be dropping in right here, knowing that I'm connected to something larger and asking for that help and that guidance. And that requires me putting my ego aside, thinking I can do it all my, by myself and thinking that I have all the answers and that I'm in control. Yeah, I just love that so much. So yeah, I'd love to say something about that. Um, so I really do believe that there are these forces out there, um, whether you call them angels or guides or protectors or just the universal force um, that wants to support us. And the truth is like this, this forces won't help us unless it is asked because they this forest and like these this protectors this idea of these angels whatever you want to call them they respect our free will and they will you know just be on the sidelines watching you like having your free will moving forward trying to make things happen but they actually really want to help and it's humbling but it it does require us to actually like humble ourselves and say i am willing to ask for this guidance i am willing to 
humble myself and say that I am ready to receive support and I'm willing to see I don't have to do this all on my own. And that is such a powerful place to be in because you just allow in all of this greater force to support you. And really, it just requires a little bit of belief, a little bit of trust, a little bit of surrender to really see that those miracles and those opportunities and guidance that we're looking for are here for us. And we just have to trust that it's coming when we ask for that help and that it's already on its way. Like The universe is reorganizing as we speak, as we humble ourselves to ask for that help. And I feel, you know, I help people with this all the time. I'm just like, can we say a prayer? And, and I just guide people to offer it up, whatever the challenge, the difficulty is, offer it up, you know, take responsibility where you can, but offer it up to these greater forces and ask for help. And it's been so powerful for me. And I'm really grateful that that came through um, on this call so that people can hear that. I am too. It is so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm thinking about the, the amount of humility this journey requires for us to, to be, to surrender. And how all of that is, is, that's where it is. Can we be willing to surrender, which means surrendering the ego, surrendering our need to control, to fix, to change, to make it go away, to make it happen in different timing. And if we can allow ourselves to let that all go, um, which does require being humble. Um, I, I love that. It's just, this is like, I don't know, it's, it's another word for me to kind of um, grasp onto and kind of chew on as I look at what this journey requires of us. So thank you for that. You're welcome. This could go on in so many more directions. And I want to honor our time and our listeners time. And so is there anything else that you feel is um, coming through you to add regarding the book, your journey since? So anything else that we haven't talked about before I ask some closing questions? Yeah. So one thing that I think has been really helpful for people, if there is someone out there who has a really big dream and they are wondering how do I even make this happen and fear comes up along the way, self-doubt, who am I to do this? No, I really invite people to ask yourself, why is this important to you? Um, that was something I did when I was creating the book. And there were so many moments when I just felt like I wanted to give up. And it just felt too big for me. Um, and in those moments, I came back to a few reasons why it was really important to me. And I let those reasons be really innocent and just like pure. Um, the reasons that I carried were just I was genuinely curious about the process of learning to write and publish a book. So I was, you know, every time I sat down and gave it time, I was honoring that desire and that felt really beautiful and good. And I really desired for this divinely guided idea that felt like it kept coming to me to give birth to that. And um, 
and to honor it. It felt like, you know, this idea chose me. And for anyone out there listening, if you have like a big dream or vision like this, that idea chose you. And how can you honor it and love it and show up for it in a nurturing way? And then for the third reason for me was just, I yearn to help even just one person through the stories and teachings of this book. And that really helped me to take the pressure off of it needing to be this like huge bestseller. But it was like, okay, what if I just bring it really simple and down to like, even if just one person out there finds it and reads it and feels so, um, you know, just that it really helps them, that would be enough. And just staying connected to those reasons, like that is what helped me take it all the way through. And it also really helped me to release my attachments to the outcome because now like having had hundreds of people like have the book now and and people are coming to me and saying, this has really helped me. And that gets to be just such a gift because I was not even expecting that. That gets to be such just an honoring to my soul and to this divinely guided idea. So I think it's so helpful to just like lower the bar almost of like what we are really um, imagining for these outcomes and just like really celebrate for what we can do even just to help one person. And often we help many, many more people in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, well, I know that um, anyone who's listening, if they have even the slightest um, interest, just go out, get the book. And again, I'll, I'll link to how they can do that. We'll talk a little bit more here. But as we as we shift gears, I love to close with each of my guests with a few questions. Um, so we get to know you a little better. And the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you? And why? Yeah. Let me tune in because like I have my usual person that I always go to, but let me see who is present right now. Okay. Yes. I have a new, a new person. So the source of inspiration for me right now is Mary Magdalene. Um, Mary Magdalene is an ascended master. She lived um, on earth at a time. She was Jesus's um, wife, really, a lot of people don't know that, but she is um, just this energy and this force and her life and her teachings and her commitment to just her own awakening has inspired really many, many people. And one of, I've been reading channeled books about her and she's been coming back more and more to people and um, being channeled to people through their writing and coming back to give these teachings of the rise of the divine feminine. And one of her greatest teachings is actually to feel our pain and that our pain is our gateway to God and to, it's God beckoning us closer. And our pain is actually um, a great teacher and it's asking us to grow. So that has been, you know, I learned that after I went through my own experiences and wrote the book and everything. And um, that's just been a really beautiful teaching for me. And she's also someone who's really asking people to come into their voice and to be these leaders and to 
to lead this new wave of feminine leaders that are rising right now. So I connect to her in my meditations and I read um, books about her. So that's been a really great inspiration um, as of the last few months. Amazing. Thank you. Wow. Uh, what place or activity is most inspiring to you right now? It's uh, the Diana Center, this place in my town in Sebastopol. And this place has a self-care studio. It's called sauna, steam room, bathtubs. It's like the most amazing place. It's where I teach yoga. And it's also just an amazing community center. And um, I'm in California right now. And, and I'm not sure when this will air, but right now there are a lot of fires happening here. And this center has actually been opening its doors to people who have lost their homes and who don't have showers and like opening, people are losing their homes in these fires. And just yesterday, um, all week, this they're actually having inviting healers into the space, inviting people who are grieving um, to just to receive that that time and that attention to what is happening directly in our community and it's amazing i feel so blessed to have this place that i can go to like if i wake up and have a bad day i know i can go to this place and like go to a yoga class and go in the steam room and that's such a gift mm -hmm. oh that sounds wonderful and i love to hear how they're supporting those who are losing things you know in this in these fires and these tragedies so wow amazing what about um a book a book that stands out to you that has inspired you or is inspiring you what i know there's probably many but if you were to choose one which would it be well there are three books i'm reading right now and i think i'll just choose one of them um yeah so the sophia code um, by kaya Ra. And this book is a channeled book, kind of what I was speaking before, but she brings to light and tells the story of seven different divine feminine masters, people who, you know, could be considered as like enlightened beings that lived a time on earth. Um, but some of them, you know, Isis, Hathor, Green Tara, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, um, white buffalo woman, um, just these different masters who can can teach us and show us uh, the way in when we're having those difficulty times and connect us back to our higher selves and to step deeper into our own alignment and um, awakening in this, in this time. Awesome. And I haven't heard that one yet. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. So I love hearing favorite books that I can add to my own reading list. So thank you. Um, what are you currently working on or creating that is inspiring you? And I know you mentioned something earlier. I don't know if that's it or if there's something else that you want to share with us. I am. I just began leading a program that is seven months long with a group of women with 12 women. And it's, um, it's called the Sovereign Circle. And sovereign, I see as this word of it, 
it kind of um, it brings about the sense of regalness. And I thought a lot about the archetype of the queen when I created this program, because I see the queen as someone who is she she takes supreme care of herself. Yet she is doing that in a way so that she can be of so much service to her people and to like fully be there for the the movement and the um, the the people she wants to serve. And I think of this idea of the queen a lot and connecting to that and seeing that, yeah, a queen says yes to her power because she can do so much good with that power. And I think as we rise as feminine leaders and um, you know, even people starting businesses, it, it asks of you to, to be vulnerable and to accept like usually a great amount of power of like, yes, people are looking to you for that guidance, for that um, that support and when times get hard and to say yes to that so that you can be of service. And so this group, a big idea of it is sisterhood. I just, I've gained so much when I sit in circles with other women and feel that support and that community. And I know not everyone has that. Not everyone has women's circles and um, that, those communities in their towns where they live. And so I created this online community and we are, we just began this month and each month is related to the chakra. So as we go, I'm, um, I have the whole program like outlined in my mind and on notebooks. And as we go, I'm just really sitting down and each month I send out a wisdom teaching recording related to each chakra and um, just really supporting these women. They each get a private call with me. They each come together for guest mentor calls and sisterhood calls and it's really beautiful and it's so exciting for me to just like fully focus my energy on this group and of course I have the podcast too which I'm going to start sending out new interviews this month um, but those feel like the big focus right now and uh, and yeah I'm considering a trip back to India this winter just going for a month and revisiting some of the places that are in the book it feels like a really beautiful completion to to go back and pay my respects and um but that's that's about it right now and it's wonderful to just yeah be focusing on a couple things at a time wow thank you mm -hmm. and for those who are now inspired to reach out to you i will link to your website and your social media so they can certainly do that otherwise it's your name.com and um yeah please do reach out get a copy of just be i will also link to that and um narrative it's just you're you're shining so much light into the world and it's such a gift to have read your story and to see how that how you are fully embodying that and now sharing that with others so others can also experience and embody it so thank you so much yes thank you so much for having me it's always just such a gift to get to share with you know new audiences and to to share some of these really powerful life journey lessons and i think we learn so much when we hear other people's stories so i honor you too for your work Thank you so much. And everyone for listening and tuning back in. Thank you. This is uh, kind of reigniting the guest speak, uh, the guest 
uh, interviews and conversations and there will be more to come. So continue to tune in or subscribe if you haven't. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>